Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of American Grit with me, Tim Jensen. We have a very special episode today where we're going to be talking about a fantastic brand that is in the veteran space that you may not know about. And we've got the founders and the CEO here today to have this very explosive and interesting conversation about diversity in the United States military and diversity in our community of how we're celebrating who we are, the lifestyles that we live and the warrior spirit of the United States military. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Ruben Ayala. Uh, I'm sorry, Ruben, what is, how do you pronounce your last name? Ayala. Ayala. And Kuther Graham. Right. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, you guys are both uh, former military individuals. Uh, you know, Ruben spent some time in the Special Forces. Uh, you're, you're retired Master Sergeant yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your background before we get into the business. Uh, actually, I'm retired Special Forces as well. Um, Ruben and I... Um, um, served together for our last few years in Army, actually. And um, um, prior to being um, Special Forces, I was an infantry soldier. So I was in the combat arms, um, took a little break, I think about a couple of years to do some administrative stuff. But for the most part, um, just all combat arms, re retired, uh, teaching ROTC. So the 28 years in the military, and um, pretty much that was, yeah, the go-getter thing. Right on. 28 years in uh, the 20-year war, right? It had to be an yes, exciting sir. time. Um, for the most part, uh, like we were just discussing that, you know, I was just saying that you know, once I got in, you know, it's like go, 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 you know, being in the infantry and combat arms. And then I was in 82nd. So, you know, you're in a rapid deployment, uh, rapid deployable division. So it was just my time. And, and uh, I just caught a couple wars and, you know, um, Went on to be, uh, do special forces things and caught a couple wars there, and you know here I am. Fantastic! How did how did you two meet? Uh, actually, Ruben and I um, uh, were on a uh, in the same company, and tragically, um, um, Ruben's team sergeant got killed in 2006, and I was moved to be his team sergeant. And from there, we bonded, and yep, my guy, we haven't separated since. That's incredible. I hear I hear so many stories of individuals like that, uh, where you know an enlisted gets paired with a, a young officer, and those uh, create this life lasting relationship. Yeah, that, it goes beyond you know the military services, often spilling into the public service, correct, or in private lives, uh, starting businesses or five hundred one c threes. It's I hear that more and more these days than I've I've had in the past. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ruben, uh, you've got uh, you know coming in as a, a captain in the special forces. Um, what you know, what was that life like being on the officer side of it all? It was tough. Um, you know, going, I, I started in the infantry too. So for those, you know, out there, that are not familiar with my story. I came in enlisted. Um, but when I came in as an officer, I transitioned to become an officer. I went into, uh, into the infantry and, you know, special forces for those who are in the combat arms track, you know, that's, that's something that for those who inspire to do that, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's like the pinnacle, you know, for, for a lot of guys and gals who, who want to aim to do that. And coming into it, you see all these guys are your stories of, you know, you're walking amongst giants, uh, the op tempo is so fast. You are given so much responsibility, uh, as a young captain, um, and for the senior NCOs, you know, who are in charge of a teams, you just have so much responsibility and going back to a 20 year war. You know, we are at war and in Afghanistan, you know, the first people that you saw when we invaded Afghanistan were SF guys, you know, riding a horseback. So 
you know, there is just so much pressure for you to perform. Um, and, and, you know, as soon as you step into that team room, it's just an immense responsibility that you have on your shoulders. So it, it was, it was an awesome job, man. Yeah. And a lot of competition, as I understand, uh, you know, it, you, you know, I, this is new to me in understanding that, you know, special SF teams have to fight for jobs and compete against other groups. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, so you're absolutely right. And, you know, Rod laughs is, this is the only place that I can think of where people will fight over the toughest and most riskiest missions or areas to go. And just a quick war story, you know, before we went into Afghanistan um, in 2006 for that rotation, you know, we would we would do what, what are called PMTs, pre-mission training. And every team knows that you have to perform the best in order to go to the worst areas. So it's a completely opposite scenario of, you know, you're in a business world. Nobody wants to go into the worst place. You know, you want to be in the best place. Right. So, you know, we're all competing to go into the worst place. You know, fortunately, you know, we, we had a pretty good team going into it and we got put in the worst area and, and it was, you know, it's like your reward, yeah. and, but the competition is extremely high, man. Yeah. Especially when you get to those levels, everybody's gunning for the best mission, the riskiest place, the, 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 um, you know, that responsibility to be the lead element. Right. Very, very competitive. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, you know, it sparked a memory. You know, you're talking about like all the work workups, like, you know, training to go to the most austere and violent places in the world, right? Yeah. It just seems like uh, completely ludicrous. Um, you know, as a young Marine, when we were, uh, you know, about to deploy to Iraq, you know, we had the big sand table out in front of the, the you know, the, the colonel's building. And, uh, you know, we're all getting our briefing and they're like, oh, yeah, we just came back from, you know, um, um, you know, uh, being you know, getting our site survey of Iraq, and you know, it's good. It's going to be hell, boys. We're going to be hand to hand combat. We're going to be defending this bridge. Yada yada yada. And you got this whole perception in your brain, like you're 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 flying over. You're now you're in you're in Baghdad. And you're like, oh man, this is like I'm going to Kason. We're going to be fucking you know fixing bayonets and you know going to total war. And it was nothing like that at all. And it was like, man, I got a little bit of uh. Yeah. <laughs> You know, oversold. Yeah, I was disappointed. Um, but, you know, that deployment ended up being a shit show to begin with. But uh, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, it, it again speaks to, you know, this idea of 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 the human spirit, like the things that we will, will condition ourselves to and, and put ourselves through, knowing that it is to uh, achieve a mission, right? But to achieve that mission, you have to rely on the people that are around you. And what does that really mean, right? And... You know, we see it in business. What teamwork, you know, when the the uh, the results of great teamwork. But when you put that into the paradigm of of military, right? There's a lot. Of, this is it's, it's a bit of a difference, right? You know, the the landscapes are different in the sense that you're, in business you're not getting shot at, right? But you know, there you can still get, kill your business, right? You can still do all these different things. So there's a, really some great acronyms there, or not acronyms, but similarities. Um, and that leads me to, you know, my question here is like, you know, you guys saw a, a, a space within this veteran market and, um, almost like a white space that was not being filled. Right. And this idea of triple nickel start you know, came to be right. And there's a lot of historical, uh, semblance, uh, that goes back to this idea of the triple nickel. Um, there's some, you know, great war stories, great uh, accolades of, of of the triple nickel unit uh, that goes back into history of of you know these different organizations 
uh, and units through military history um, that are, you know, stood up in the in that minority aspect, right? And they're they've been treated like incredibly horrible in the military services. And you guys came forward with a brand that says, "Hey, this is who we are, Triple Nickel." What is Triple Nickel, and 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 what does it represent within the military, and what does it represent for you guys in the private business space? Yeah, yeah, good question. Love to talk about it. So, for the listeners who may not be familiar with with the unit, the 555th Parachute Infantry Battalion, aka the Triple Nickels, we gotta take a step back in time. So, you know, let's just jump into DeLorean. And we're going back to 1942, 1943. And this is a time period where, you know, the military segregated. We're in World War II. If you're a person of color, you're serving. And, you know, you know, back then you should call the, 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 the brown paper bag test, right? If you are lighter than a brown paper bag, I'm sure you heard this growing up, you know, you can pass. If you're darker than a brown paper bag, you kind of put into this class. So... At that period of time, uh, in in the airborne units, you could not be, a, you know, a, a man of color in serving an airborne unit. So, in 1943, Department of Defense, they wanted to see if people of color could could effectively jump out of airplanes. Mm-hmm. You black men could they do it? And they stood up this test platoon, um, and there was there were gentlemen who volunteered who worked at the airborne school you know, in, in a uh, indirect support, you know, capacity. So they took this volunteer platoon, they put them through airborne training, 16 men graduated, and those gentlemen became the airborne test platoon, the 555th Parachute Infantry Company. They later grew to become a battalion, but they still weren't allowed to serve in combat. In combat. Mm-hmm. So they were airborne infantry company, airborne infantry battalion, but they weren't allowed to serve. We're still actively in World War II. So, you know, you got to let that soak in and understand you put these guys through all these rigors. They're eating in separate chow halls. They're sleeping in separate barracks, really tough and austere conditions, but they still want to serve their country and do their best, but they're not allowed to do their job. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, the Japanese were deploying these balloon bombs over the Pacific. And what would happen is they would, they would catch these jet streams and they would release them from their ships. And this is, we're talking thousands of balloon bombs. They would come over the West Coast and they would explode over Oregon, Washington, and cause these, you know, horrendous forest fires. So domestically, we have this, this issue that we need to quell. So, okay, hey, we got this test platoon. I don't know what's in these balloon bombs. They can be, you know, biological agents. It could just be straight up fires. I don't know, but let's send these guys over there and extinguish these fires. So their mission changed and they essentially became one of the country's first smoke jumpers. So they were sent there to extinguish these forest fires and all this stuff was classified until, you know, just a few years ago. So Operation Firefly, the triple nickel is tasked to quell these fires. And they did that throughout World War II. Uh, and in 1947, the unit was deactivated when the when the army was desegregated, and they became part of the 82nd Airborne uh, Division. So that is the history of the Triple Nickels. And if you, at least when we were coming up, going into the 82nd or in an airborne unit, if you are, a, you know, if you have African American ancestry, any type Afro Latino, whatever, 
you are black, you come into an airborne unit, you know the triple nickels. Yeah. So it's a history that we are extremely proud of. It's a legacy that we know that we come from. So, you know, we get when we get started with this company, you know, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But, you know, to answer the question directly, you know, that's that's the that's the legacy that uh, we're deriving the company name from. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and, it, you know, let's, let's call it for what it is like the, the United States is a legacy of 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 these types of situations. Mm-hmm. You know, we can look into the Buffalo Soldiers. We could look to. Uh, the imp- the first infantry um, of black men going into World War One, right, to support the French, uh, and then the United States government actively putting psychological campaigns against those black fighters. Yeah, um, you know, uh, dropping leaflets over the Germans, say kill these black men, right? What that that kind of blows my mind right, that mm-hmm. the government would be involved in that. But you know, these you know, the Tuskegee Airmen. But all, out of all of these things, great stuff happened, right? The Buffalo Soldiers. What did, what were they? What was you know they were they were given a mission. Um, and it's like, oh, what are we going to do with these soldiers? And then they ended up, you know, doing some incredible things, right? And their legacy still lives today. We honor them uh, here at our company. Uh, we we uh, with our rodeo, right? We do uh, every year. We have this great opportunity. We we celebrate that with our with the rodeo, um, you know. And that's and that's where we find ourselves in this country. Is like, you know, we have recruiting issues. We have. We have, you know, uh, a lot of systemic things that are residual from you know, early parts of our country, uh, even to the modern era of the 20th century that are still residual within the United States military. But we're still seeing a you know, great representation of minorities within the military doing great things for our country, right? Even knowing that they have been, the government has suppressed them over and over and over again. It's hard. That's, that's difficult going out. Each and every day, um, you know, doing the best you can and but knowing, knowing that uh, I can only go so far. Right. Because I know, you know, um, uh, just personal experiences, just watching guys who are are dynamic, you know, watching guys who are awesome. Um, But to see their career get ruined, Mm -hmm. um, just me personally, I think the color of the color of the skit, because I, I watched things happen where. Um, uh, guy, other guys, white guys would do stuff and no, nothing. Yeah, right, different in, standards. In dis- different standards. And, you know, when you teach someone and, you know, someone fight for you, someone for 20, 30 years, and I get, I get emotional about it um, because I've watched it happen for 30 years, mm-hmm. 28 years, seven months, and three days to be exact. I watched it happen. I watched great guys come through and to um, get to the, the pedestal of their career and they're doing such a great job and one little mistake it may not be nowhere near on the same uh grounds of a mistake that a white guy made but their career would be snatched right out from them yeah. i mean just everything lost and not only their career loss but their family have lost you know and that's that's the thing that to me that you know like folks don't understand like when you take him from people and you you know, you're doing these things for people, you're hurting their families as well. Right. You know, so yeah, it's, it, it gets emotional. Yeah. Uh, it gets emotional because when you've seen it over and over and over again, it's like, oh, man. You know, but then, like you said, you know, when you give folks an opportunity and they do well and we do well as a whole. Yeah. You know, why not? Absolutely. Right. You know, uh, it's it's this idea of hand upping. Right. You give a hand up to an individual that that needs it. 
right? Uh, and we as a, a society become better as better, right? Because yeah. now we're all operating at the same, same. Yeah. the same fly, the same the same cog. We're we're all hitting into the same synapses. Uh, that's what makes our country stronger, right? And I think you know I think about you know myself, right? Um, and it, you know we're all generally of the same age. We're, we're I consider us uh, you know Gen Xers, right? Yes. Um, you know you think about the generation in front of us and the generation behind us. You know, we we as Gen Xers probably have done the most in American history to, to bring down the racial divides within this country, right? Because I, I can say, with, uh, using my family as a, uh, as, as a model, uh, in the sense of um, I have uh, a very blended family from uh, mixed uh, nieces and nephews to um, gay and transsexual members of, of within my family. Uh, we are the quintessential American family today, right? And we are representing all of these values that we think are important, but maybe uh, in, in different eyes of, of people within this country. And I see how it affects my nieces and nephews. I see how it affects my my loved ones that you know may have mm-hmm. uh, different sexual orientations. And that ain't right, right? Right. Especially as um, you know, a group of individuals that we are raising our hand to say we are here to support everybody, everybody. right? And that's. And that's that's a hard, that's a hard place to be in when when we see it all every day and you know, and we've done so much over the years, right? So you know, with triple nickel, you know, now you have that idea. Now it's a business. Mm-hmm. What is what is what is your intent with the business? Uh, is it to answer some of these um, you know uh, voids that are in the space uh, by bringing uh, you know this perspective of, of product into the marketplace? Uh, or is it to give voice? Is it to what? What is it? Yeah. So with Triple Nickel, there's there's three platforms that we that we buttress ourselves on. Right. The first one is trendsetting. The second one is amplifying, and the third is inspiring. So, you know, taking a step back, why we founded the company, and fast forwarding three years to where we are today. You know, in 2020 when we started a company, you look at trend setting and breaking that down. It's what we didn't see in the market that drove us to create the company. You know, Rod as an individual has no idea how to make clothing or experience. Ruben has no experience in making clothing. Neither does Cortez Riggs, one of our other co-founders or Chris McPhee. So what takes or what drives four individuals to say, we're going to create a clothing company with no experience in creating clothing during the middle of pandemic and bring this to market. It's because we were so inspired by what we didn't see mm-hmm. to create something to show people and say, we did this, we've lived this. We want to inspire you to show you that you too can make a difference. And this is how we did it. Um, and just, you know, trend setting to get back on point is just saying you don't have to necessarily look a certain way. You call yourself a patriot. That's cool. But a patriot doesn't have to equate to A, B, C, D, and E which is what the media or what mainstream will want you to think a patriot is. Correct. You can be a patriot and come out of a community that 
doesn't resonate with 1776 mm-hmm. like I do. Like I do. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And then it's not to say I'm less American than you are. Correct. It's just I don't have anybody that served in 1776. And I wasn't even recognized as fool until it was way after that. So that's one. Two, we're amplifying stories of people who are seldomly heard from historically. So we're taking those stories that we know of from our time in service and saying, okay, we're going to amplify those and bring those to the masses because there may be some people who haven't heard of those. And along the way, we're going to inspire the next generation coming in. We do have a recruitment problem in the military, and I think we have a problem when we look at civil service as a whole, people just don't want to serve. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from a lack of understanding and empathy and just people talking at their level. Yeah. And it's not to say that the new generation isn't any better because they, you know, the people before that came before is probably talking junk about the Gen Xers. So it's just talking at their level, saying, hey, Rod did it, you can do it. Ruben did it, you can do it. Chris did it, you can do it. Cortez did it, you can do it. Right. And this is how we did it. So as a company, you know, that's our message and that's what we're putting forth. Yeah. It's be the example. Yeah. Simply, right? You know, it's you know, there's so many especially within this within this country, we you know, people have people grabbing onto these influencers, these, you know, personalities, right? And they're and they're doing it because they're they're you know, there's something void in their life, whatever the case may be, right? But they're latching onto these people and you know when a lot of these people really don't represent the values that that we find to be the right things, exactly. Right? You know, and the right values, right? Exactly, and you know that's where I think the veteran community, regardless of where you are at, what station you are in life, where you're at, you know, the veterans of this country, and there are very there are bad veterans. I'm not painting a, a, a picture of this beautiful veteran community because it's not right. Um, but I certainly believe that uh, veterans can be the example. Right, because we come from a, a place of greater empathy, right? Because we are having to really work in this uh, very blended uh, environment, regardless if you like it or not, right? I lived with one of the most racist, bigoted individuals when, in my time in the Marine Corps. When I would have to listen to him berate my niece using a, a, an epithet that I was not very happy about, and it caused fist to blows, right? But I had to live with this guy. Right? And he, at some point, had to come to terms of who I was and what I found to be valuable. And that was the impression that he left the military with. And I believe that that changed a little bit of his perspective. That's what I think the opportunity of being the example within our community is that we have this ability to change perspectives. And we could do it with great voices. We could do it by amplifying messages, by lifting up other businesses and saying, look at what great things are happening with this, within this community, rather than uh, uh, acknowledging all this trash that, right, right. Like the media or opposition or you know people that are just trying to separate and drive wedges between others like fuck all that enough. I think it, it, every time to me it's like when you see a uh, uh, something that, that you know you try, you try to put something together that that positive like you talk it. There is a wedge to drive it to to separate it. Um, when you talk patriotism, uh, when you talk um, finding groups to get together and do things. Um, somewhere, somehow, you know, there's always something to drive a wedge against it. Um, just like Ruben, Chris, and um, and um, Kurt, you know, we're, we're making sure there's, there's nothing, you know, that can drive wedges between what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, for some reason, 
um, if you're not um, in a certain setting mentally, you know, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I personally think that when, you know, uh, like, like Ruben was talking about the patriotism, you know, because we're different as uh, far as like, you know, being patriotic. Like, I think I'm very patriotic. I think I'm super patriotic. 28 years, I'm very patriotic. But my family, you know, uh, my brothers, you know, it, like Ruben was talking, you know, when you grow, grow up different, you know. Different experiences. Um, yeah, my brothers, they didn't, they're not patri- patriotic currently. Yeah. You know, after I've served 28 years in the military, they still aren't patriotic. They still have their things about the government, you know. But me, you know, here I am. I'm like super patriotic, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, all the time. Right. So, um, it, it's, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying in the sense that, you know, you don't, you don't have to love your country, right. Or, or love your government, right. To right. be a patriot. Yeah, you don't, um, you, don't. you know, patriotism comes in all shapes, forms, sizes, you know, beliefs, structures, ideologies, as long as you're willing to say, you know what? I, I, I believe in what this country stands for and and, and, the, and I'm willing to put my life on the line to, to uh, defend the values and the freedoms of what's others. right right yeah. exactly what's right, right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what makes you know those one percenters that are willing to get up and raise their hand and go and you know, defend themselves or defend the country with their lives that makes us a you know that class that should be the ones that are being the example of going out there and say this is what right looks like when we can be, you know, and having much broader conversations of of inclusion and empathy and, you know, all these different things. Because, you know, like I said, you know, we believe here at Grunstyle, at least, that, you know, patriotism doesn't, it's not left, right, or center. Nobody owns patriotism. It's what the, it's what you're willing to do to stand up and be involved in anything that has the, the opportunity to make our lives better here in this country. That is patriotism in my belief. Yes. You know, and, and that's uh, and I think that's another part we we've we've strayed from that very much so, very especially in the last 10, 15 years, right? Um, you know, as technology has increased and more people have access to different types of information and uh, thoughts and the phone devices, right? Yep. these are now elevating voices that sh- frankly should never be heard to begin with. There you go, right? <laughs> and I, I I think that you know, so if I wasn't in the business of what we're doing, I would not be on social media because this shit is trash, right? Yeah. It corrupts the mind. And, um, you know, and there's, you know, you're having to deal with all sorts of mis mal disinformation on the, on, yeah. on the basis. It's, it's become a barely, uh, it's become a divisive word. I don't understand. I mean, I understand why, but it's become such a divisive word that sometimes when we come out with new product and it comes time to label it, it's like, I even stay away from the word Yeah, simply because it's been co-opted Correct. in such a bad way, which is weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, it's, again, it's, you know, it, it, my belief that there are these forces that exist that are just trying to drive wedges between the, the, everybody in this country. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, socioeconomic. It doesn't matter if it's race related. It, that, there are forces that just I want believe to that. I believe that 100%. And I was just telling someone a couple of weeks ago, I was like, man, look at, look at the Americas. We, we're all fighting. We're fighting within this country against each other. Racism here. We fighting, you know, the dark skins first, and the light skins, the the whites against the blacks. The, you know, we're fighting amongst each other. Guess what? Everybody else, um, Russia, China, everyone is getting along over there. Well, you know, to me, because it seems like to me, everybody's preparing to pounce. 
<laughs> right, right. It's now. It's only a matter of time, right? Everybody's I watching. Everybody else, I don't know what everybody else are doing, but all these other countries are watching us bicker, fight yeah. amongst each other. You know, and and all it's doing is making us weaker and weaker. Uh, no one is going to be in charge of running anything. No, uh, no, the laws are going out, so no one is going to be responsible right. for for any of the laws. So now, exactly. now we have a country of, of all these mighty resources with no direction. Right. And that's, and you know, something I firmly believe in is that, you know, the strength of a country is not the strength of its military, right? The strength of a country is its ability to, to be unified in its beliefs and to march in a, in a single direction, right? right? And, you know, I talk about this a lot with my staff internally is like, you know, one of the biggest beliefs that I have on why we have drifted from our true north is that we have no mission. This country has no mission right now. What are we? What are we focused on? And we don't. The only thing that we had left was the space station, and now we have to rely on the Russians who we are fighting to get to the space station. Does that blow anybody's mind? It should. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you know, uh, here we are. You know, uh, you you wondering. You know. Oh my God! Uh, there's a transsexual on a butt like can burn it to the ground. Yeah. Like what are, what are yeah. we talking about here? This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that is ridiculous. Actually, it's uh, you know, Memorial Day weekend. I think um, I saw more more traffic on my social media concerning themselves about what Bud Light or Target is doing. Right. Yeah. Man, enjoy your weekend. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Enjoy your family. Yeah. There are plenty of people that died for you to celebrate. Yes. You don't like Bud Light? Cool, man. Drink a Coors Drink Light. Drink Budweiser. Drink yeah. Coors, man. <laughs> Whatever. Right. It, it's crazy to me, man. It's like, uh, it's like I heard this great saying, uh, uh, you don't have, this isn't an airport. You don't have to, you know, uh, voice your arrivals or your departure. Nobody gives a shit. Facts. Facts. <laughs> yeah, just keep scrolling, man. Right. Exactly. You know? Um, so, you know, Let's get back into the, the the business, you know. So, you're you're rooted in history. You have uh, you know a great mission, a great idea. What was the choice in the product? What you know, why streetwear? What was what was the choice to to get into that area of the apparel side? Yeah, good question. So, again, you know, taking it back, everything just boils down to you know looking at looking at our origin story, if you will looking at what we saw you know so we'll just break you know we're here in grunt style headquarters looking at grunt style because i think one thing that you guys have done extremely well is you have set the standard on what veteran wear looks like true statement true statement it's something we we talked about so and and i want everybody listening to this understand where i'm coming from it's not a dig it's just we you know we're just talking facts what we didn't see is people that look like us and represented, you know, our our background, how we dress, how we talk, our stories of service. And as I looked at all of the competition across the board, everybody was wearing the same stuff. So all the shirts, 1776, you know, do not tread on me. I'm going to do this to you if you look at me this way. I'm going to hump your leg until it falls off, whatever. Right. And, you know, it, it didn't resonate with me. And as I talked to to the guys, as I was making my pitches, going to North Carolina to see Rod, um, talking to Chris McPhee, talking to Cortez, one thing that we all had in common, with the exception of Rod, 
because we all love hip hop music. <laughs> Rod is country boy. Rod loves country. <laughs> so, but we we love hip hop music, and hip hop has its own culture. Correct. So coming forward, we wanted to present something that was different to come into the market. And this is just business talk to say we're going to start another clothing company is a bad idea because you're going to get lost. So we had to introduce something that was different. We had to come in with a unique story. Um, and we wanted to be different than the competition. You know, already stated, you guys are the standard bearer. So we're looking at what you guys do. Um, streetwear is something that's really inherent in hip hop culture. Growing up, inner city, growing up in the 80s, 90s, that is what we wore. Yeah. I look at pictures of me as a, as a young soldier. They were just making fun of me. My first staff ride as an officer uh, I got pulled aside from my battalion commander because I'm wearing streetwear, and he's giving me the talk like, "Young officers, don't wear street- don't wear streetwear. Right? You wear khakis. Right? You wear polos <laughs> and tevas, <laughs> and you know whatever. It's conditioned, man. And these guys are roasting me like, "What are you doing, man? You kind of look good." So, but that that's inherently us. So that's why we chose streetwear. It was something that we thought. It, it was an easy barrier of entry for us to say, okay, we can do graphic designs, I think, um, and we can produce something that is a little bit unique with a little bit of our flavor. Hip-hop is, next to pop, is the most consumed music worldwide, and it's something that we can establish common ground with people. So that yeah. that was the that was why we decided to enter into the market, uh, utilizing that, that method in that format. Yeah. Uh, in that in that genre, especially, uh, and I, I love the the connection to the hip hop aspect because you know that transcends all cultures. Yeah, right? right. And you know, I think a lot of people can to, can resonate with that. And, you know, I'm, uh, and so when we talk about the 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 current community of what tri- uh, triple nickel is now, like, how would you describe your your current audience, your your consumer? Man, I love talking about this. So our consumer is pretty. It's pretty broad. So we got congressmen who wear our stuff who've never served. I'm not talking about the congressmen who, you know, who are veterans who, you know, support different um, veterans. I'm talking about congressmen who they just love what we do. So politicians at that level, all the way down to, you know, the private just coming in into the military and who's really impressionable and just looking for something they can resonate with. Um, What we have found is completely the opposite of what we thought. You know, coming into the market, we knew that we were going to capture, you know, basically all the black and brown people automatically. They're going to come and gravitate to what we're doing. And it didn't work that way. And, you know, it's just an honest conversation. You know, we have a lot of women who support um, Triple Nickel, we have uh, a lot of folks who, you know, when you look at as a political spectrum, who, you know, they ride the fence. They, I, I think the people who really enjoy hip hop music love that streetwear aspect of it. They don't necessarily resonate with the typical veteran wear. Yeah, yeah. They like, they like what we do, yeah. and they they see us as just regular guys. We're we're not out here every five minutes. I'm a green beret. <laughs> did I tell you about that? Did you read my book? Yeah, yeah. I'm a special yeah. forces guy. 
because people don't care. Right. You know, it's been done. It's been it's been it's it's played out. You know, I prefer that you understand who Ruben is, who Rod is, and oh, by the way, yeah, they did serve in the military, yeah. and 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 I think that that authenticness has helped us. So, across the board, man, man, we we have a really cool audience of folks that we're growing, and that's really been the the fun part of doing this. Yeah. Um, you know, you 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 got anything to add to that? Yeah, right? no, no, you you're dead on. Is it's um. Like we said, and to be honest and straight up, we're like, oh man, you know, all the black and brown, we're gonna get all these these folks. No, man, we we we, cause everyone see your stats, everyone know your numbers, and everyone knows what's going on. And it's the folks who are patri- patriotic. It's the folks who are, to me, who who knows what's going on as far as military. I know, you know, we have our different opinions, you know, um, but yeah. Um, uh, to me, it's more more white folks cater to what's going on with us than our own kind because they're paying attention. You know, they're not to say black folks aren't paying attention, <laughs> but you know we're paying attention. But you know they're reading and they're, they're you know, oh, what are these guys are doing? You know, I mean, you know, what are they doing it for? Right. You know, we're not doing it to make money and millions. You know, we're doing it that's, to get stories out. Yeah, to, to, that's to do consumer. Yeah, days. they do stories out for guys who, you know, like you said, trendsetting. You know, telling stories of folks like, uh, for example, I just called Ruben the other day. Um, I was in a place in Wilmington, North Carolina, and Wilmington, North Carolina is just one of those places where you won't hear this guy's story. And uh, I was in this place, and I was talking. And I seen this gentleman with a, a Ranger battalion hat on. Comes to find out, he's a Vietnam. Uh, he was in one seventy third in Vietnam, and he was, you know, he told me some some crazy heroic stuff that he is, you know, he was a um, interpreter, not an interpreter, but he was a um, a trainer for the um, over at Sog and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I mean, he was the things he was telling me. I and and you know, I, you want, we always fact check. You know, we always, I'm thinking this guy, you know, he just have a hat on. You know, he went to ranger school in 69. <laughs> you know, the year I was born. So this guy's story's never been told. Yeah. You know, and he just had, was talking about some amazingly cool stuff. You know, so, I mean, but he won't know to buy triple nickel stuff. <laughs> you know, he don't have a clue. Right, right. You know, but, maybe not on the device or, you know, uh, just not in that, that, that conversation back. Right. right. Well, well, you know, and, and, and to me, you know, it's, I'll give you a shirt, you know, I'll give you a piece of apparel and maybe somebody else will see it and they'll ask about it, you know, that that's, yeah. that kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think with the with your, your the customer sets, it's, you know, it's extraordinarily interesting. You know, um, you mentioned it's a lot of female buyers. Yes. You know, right. Yeah. Uh, we see we see something very similar in, in our business that um, you know, we get a lot of female buyers, you know, buying for their significant others, you know, buying small for themselves. Um, but when I'm out on the street and I'm talking to other female veterans, the things that say they say to me the most is the first question I'm asked as a female veteran is where did my husband serve? It's like, what the fuck are we talking about? Like this, that's a, that people really think that, right? Yeah. People, this is really a thing. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we've, so we've really pivoted into like, how are we designing for our female veterans? Right. And that's been a, that's been a challenge. Yeah. They're us, tough. Right. Yeah. Uh, because. You know, you you got a whole myriad of issues that you got to you know, the work through sizing and you know then messaging and this that and the other, but 
you know, at the same time, what it really boils all down to is like, you're going to be attracting to these people because of the message of what you're doing. The, the, the consumer today does not care about your business. All they care about is what is your business doing for them, them or the <laughs> a, a community, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you've not, if you own a business right now and you've not pivoted that way, then you will be a dinosaur and yeah. your business will go away. Yep. Um, and, and that's the cold hard facts, right? Uh, we see it here at Grunt Style, uh, you know, and, uh, and it's extraordinarily important. Um, you know, you've got several groups out there. Uh, you know, the Pink Berets being uh, you know one of of many groups, right? That focus on female veterans. Um, you know, uh, you got Janae Sergio that mm-hmm. is making you know a name for herself within the community, standing up for women and uh, men that have been um, you know at the end of military sexual trauma, right? Yeah. And giving them a voice, right? But you know, one thing I continue to see is like others within this community just tearing those people down. Yeah. Like, what are we yeah. doing, guys? Like, yeah. We should be we should be standing behind these people yeah. and saying. You know, this is for the betterment of our community. This is this is going to make the people further down. You know, like my son or my grandson that are one, they're going to want to join the military, right? Because of men and women like us that are willing to stand up and say, "I'm ready to be counted," because that shit is trash and I don't like it. Right? We can do better. You're right, man. The amount of negative energy it takes to tear somebody else down or tear another company down is the second and third order effects of that are huge, especially when you look at the audience who's consuming that. Yeah. So if you have a platform and you're using that platform to tear down another on your platform, you know, that is not the way. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like I have my son here, he's watching. My son, he wants to be in the army too. He's a, he, he said, hey, dad, I want to be a Green Beret. Uncle Rod says don't do it. But <laughs> we already done it. <laughs> he, he gets on social media whenever he gets an account and he starts to see that it starts injecting that in folk into his head and that bias and and that's that garbage in garbage out man and you know we've been blessed to have a platform and to use that platform to put out negative energy is we've we spent 20 years fighting why are we going to bring that stuff back here yeah Yeah. that's it like we've we fought we have fought too long Long. yeah man yeah for for to, to see this shit right and one of the things that you know that I was extraordinarily uh, happy to see. You know, one of the things that we do, Grand Style, is we talk uh, this violent but true bedtime stories, right? We talk about, you know, uh, you know, it's a it's a fantastic uh, program that talks and elevates individuals in uh, the American military history that have done incredible things. Uh, you know, some most of them have uh, have passed, right? Uh, and you know, a few of them you know have gone on to to live incredible lives, but you know. The importance of that is to tell this legacy of the American spirit, that warrior spirit, the one that's saying, you know, I will run through fire for my brother or my sister, and you know, if they're being shot at, and, and be that 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 force that is, comes to the help. Um, one of your recent successes was highlighting uh, the most uh, recent Medal of Honor recipient uh, that you know fits that caliber of human being, right? And that pe- that product has been picked up and. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, over 30,000 units have been uh, distributed through Kohl's across the United States. Yes, yes. All in cash. Uh, the all in cash collection has been phenomenal. It's been phenomenal. Um, I don't know if you want to get into how that. Oh, happened. I'd love to. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. For, so, so for those who, who, who don't uh, know what Tim is talking about. So we, we had an opportunity to partner with uh, and work with all in cash's family. You know, for anybody who has been to Iraq and if you've done a patrol in Iraq, you've had a chance to get out of the base. 
you know the Iraqi streets are brutal. You know, you're dealing with low-hanging wire. You're dealing with streets that are extremely narrow. And if you ever seen a Bradley fighting vehicle, how huge it is or how small it is inside, you would have extreme respect for what that man did. And I wasn't too from when I started when, when we started the company, I wasn't too familiar with Owen Cash's story simply because we weren't in that in that conventional space. But when we learned about it and one of my business partners, Cortez, was telling me about it. He had a relationship with his with his family through his uh, military families magazine. And we had a conversation with his sister and she was just lamenting that they wanted to create a foundation, but they didn't have the money to do it. And it was at that point we just put our heads together and like, hey, what if we just created some apparel and raise money for it? I don't know if we'll raise five bucks or we'll, we'll raise thousands of dollars, but let's just do it. You know, we don't know what we're doing. That's kind of what we told her. We don't know what we're doing, but we're just going to do it. Yeah. And she was all for it. And she put her money on us. And to me, that was so, I, I never forgot, I was in Chicago at the time where you're from. She called me and she said, to talk to the family. She said, I'm going to entrust Owen's legacy to Triple Nickel. And that was huge. That's some heavy shit. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when we were talking about the, just the the weight of just putting that green beret on, walking to the team door. It was the same thing. And she said, I'm going to, I am going to allow you guys to carry on his legacy. And, and we didn't take that for granted. It was, it had to be the dopest design. It had to be distributed correctly, tell his story correctly. So whenever I'm in front of a camera, I can speak about it intelligently. And it's going great, man. Yeah. Um, when we pitched this to Coles, it was it wasn't even on the docket. Coles wanted yeah. a certain thing. It was a last minute addition to say, "Look, guys, this can either this can either kill the Coles deal or it's good." I was asleep for the Raiders. You were crazy about it. I was, I was gonna put all in cash in this brief. If it kills the deal, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. and man, they loved it. And brother, I tell you what, man, to see. There's thousands of people out there wearing his shirt, and I can't tell you how many letters we've received, you know, and just seeing, talking to his widow and what it means to the family. It's, it's been huge, man. And and now we're able to help them start the foundation. You know, and it, it's, and it's been cool. Right, yeah. right. Like it, it, it solidified and cemented everything that we started Triple Nickel. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and those are the victories, right? The yeah, man, ones yeah, like the, the the late nights of packing product uh, into orders at like two o'clock in the morning. It's like shit, I got you know five hundred <laughs> more to do. This is ridiculous, right? It makes it all worth it at the end of the day, right? Yeah, man. And we and, and we've been there. And we've done that. Yep. And it's been it's been phenomenal. Probably as a to date, we've done a lot. We we've, we've got so many wins, man. But that is to me the number one thing that when, we've been able yeah. to do is to take his legacy. And just amplify it yeah. to thousands of people. I had this lady when we were in Nick. She she was she said, "Oh, I love your shirt." Um, is that Martin Luther King? <laughs> That's what she asked me. I was Zachary. I was mad for like the first five seconds. I was mad, but I realized at that point, like, look, man, this is why you guys did this. Yes, this yeah. is why we did this, and it was an opportunity to educate her on who Alwyn was. And she bought like two or three shirts and, you know, now 
you know, her whole family knows about it. Yeah. And it was awesome, bro. Yeah. That's the best thing we've done. That's, uh, it, it, I can, I can, I can identify, uh, you know, just from the, some of the work I've done with the Benavides family. Yeah. And understanding exactly what you're talking about because yeah. you're, that you have to white glove that, right? In the sense that you are handling a man's legacy. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. And yeah. you do not want to screw diminish that, and screw it up, you know, put it any negative light. Yeah. Um, and you just want to do good by the family. Right? Yeah. And everything that you do, uh, and, you know, hats off to you guys. That, yeah, 30 years from now, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, it's children. Yeah. You know, so you had kids, I'm sure you had kids. Yeah. They're, they're, that's because like it's our responsibilities to tell these mm. these stories of incredible humans. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that piece of it, right? And, you know, we call it social responsibility. It's You don't have to, but if you're a business today, especially, I think, as a veteran-owned business, there's this there's this unwritten rule that you have to do more and you have to run faster. You have to go longer and people expect that from you. Okay, cool. You got a cool story, bro. I can get it. You jumped out of all the airplanes. You've killed like 20,000 people, but what's next? And I think we have a social responsibility to do more. And I don't think people care what it is, man. As long as you're making an impact, you want to help veterans. Great. You want to help kids. Great. I just want to see you do something Help more. somebody. Yeah. And and that's, that's really what we're doing. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, to us, dude, that was like, shit, man, I got my finger stuck in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I get excited talking about that, man, because that is, you know, to me, that is the coolest thing. So, you know, uh, 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 W for us is by the end of 2023, the All in Cash Foundation is established. And it's, you know, it's based in Florida. And that thing is on its own, man. And and if I died in 2024, I'm not gonna die, Ruben. <laughs> but if I did, you know, that's one of the that's a, that's a legacy we leave behind, man. Yeah, yeah. We've been able to stand up, you know, help stand up that uh, foundation, man. That's dope. Absolutely. But and you know, that's uh, man, the personal the personal side of it all. Yeah. Like you walk yeah. away with like your head high, right? and you're like, man, like this. I'm doing everything I wanted to do, getting into business and and making those impacts. Uh, that's fantastic. Now, when it comes to you know what you, the business in its social responsibilities, um, how are you challenging the current retail uh, retail space, or even just the, the veteran retail space with diversity of products, diversity of of uh, of speaking into those those areas to you know, bring more voice uh, to people that feel like they're disenfranchised? Yeah, good question. And again, this is a this is a good opportunity to, and you guys can edit whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but this is a good opportunity to talk about why we are here, you know, for our customers. The number one question our customers are going to ask, Ruben, Rod, Chris, Kurt, what the hell are you doing in Grunt Style headquarters? Why y'all even talking? Y'all like the Bloods and the Crips. <laughs> I was there when you started in 2020. Grunt Style was the enemy and you were the hero. You know, that, in not so many words, but, you know, we were the antithesis, and antithesis for everything that we saw in the market. And now in 2023, y'all telling me, you know, Y'all cool? Cats and dogs fly. <laughs> yeah. So I have I have to premise it with that because yeah. that's real talk. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Some of our customers are gonna be like, "Yo, you sell you selling out?" 
no, we're not selling out. You know, this is what evolution looks like. So when we started the company, we were making a statement. Yo, we're here. We're trendsetting. Yeah, I get it, man. Everybody wants to be commando. Guess what? I was one. Now what? <laughs> we're here. And we can't live off of that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we gotta, we have to evolve and mature and look at the landscape and say, and go back to the initial assessment for, for grunt style. To me, you guys are the trendsetters and it's giving you a call a few months ago and say, Hey Tim, let's set up a meeting. I think there's something bigger that we can do. You know, this is all true stuff I'm talking about mm -hmm. here and we're meeting in your office and saying, what can we do that's bigger than us to show the veteran community? What are your thoughts? Yeah. And I, I remember that conversation. The first words out of your mouth is, and if it's something stupid, like uh, recognizing Black History Month in February, I'm getting to walk it up. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> but that's a true story. That's a true story. <laughs> hey, Chris. Chris looked at me like, ain't going to give you Black History Month. <laughs> and we're you crazy <laughs> all right but but no that's so th I'm, I'm glad you asked it so i think us as as business owners and i think you know we can identify ourselves as leaders in the space i think people seeing us and having these conversations is helpful yeah because we can coexist you know it's important that we have co-optition. I don't need to look at you as my competition. Um, you guys are, in, you know, you guys are in a different stratosphere than we are in, that we aspire to be. But we're all doing the same thing. You know, we are we are trying to make our community better. So we're all saying the same thing. We're just doing things a little different. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is a that is a that is a maturity that we have personally grown into. And it's just getting out of our own head. Like, Hey man, it's not triple nickel against the world. No. We, we need to work with the world yeah. to, to make it better. So, you know, that's, you know, me being vulnerable coming on here and say that, you know, yeah. um, you, you, you got anything you want to add I on that? I mean, you hit the head, you hit the nail right on the head. It's just, it's like we can't sit here and talk unity and talk, you know, you know, you know, United States is one, it's one whole, and then you know, and then you turn around like, oh, it's just us, right? <laughs> yeah, can't work that, way. right? Right, can't and, work. You know, think of it. You know, I think you guys would recognize this as a, like a green beret, right? You you walk into it, you know, a village. Your your job is to convert, uh, you know, for and turn these individuals into force multipliers, right? Correct, right. and that is how you you win the battle space. Same idea applies here. Is we uh, we got to we got to utilize our resources and our relationships and our partnerships and our friends to create more force multipliers that can go out there and be the evangelists for what we are trying to accomplish. Right? Absolutely. And you know, and and I, I'm glad you spoke to the evolution of of brands. Right? You know, this evolution that Grant sells on. You know, people may not like it, but that doesn't, and that's okay. Yep. Like go go on. Like I'm I'm not mad at you. Like go off and do you, but here's what we're doing, and we're taking our brand to the next level of what we we think is important. Now, can we be labeled as woke and all this other uh, you know 
uh, nonsense? 100%. Do I care? Fuck no, I don't. Because at the end of the day, I know what we are doing here. And I know the voices and the, the respect that we're trying to earn within our community and the, the change that needs to be made. Because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, well, <laughs> we're living in some awful times. And if we do yeah. not come together as a as a country, we will not have a country. Thank you. Right, and that and that is real truth, That's real conversation. Truth. That's very true. Right? You know, I think we have a a major part in that conversation. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, the this notion of being woke, and you know, to me, that's BS. And we talk about this all the time. We we have a blog um, that that speaks truth to that. In this day and age, just like you need a story, you need some social responsibility, you need to be given back into the community. That's being woke, yeah. you know, and it's just saying we are awake to everything happening in our community. And I, I think it's better that our customers see brands like us working together to strive to make things better versus throwing shots at each other yeah. on social media. Cause that's the uh, same thing that's everybody, everyone's. Right. Yeah, it makes no sense, man. There's there's plenty enough to go around for everybody, and I think people will reciprocate well. Yeah. To I see so. that, right? Because there's more of us than there are of them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Hands down, that is cold hard fact. Um, you know, and and frankly, myself, I'm tired of watching my friends, you know, commit suicide. I'm tired of watching my friends die from toxins, uh, from war the the, the that ended, you know, years ago. Um, and you know, all those things don't care about race. They don't care about yeah. what you, yeah. who you're having sex with. They don't, that doesn't fucking matter. PTSD yeah. don't have a, right. don't have a color. Right. Exactly. You right. know, guys, guys are killing themselves daily. Right. You no, know. I bet you the three of us right now can count on both hands people yeah. that have, we have lost in the last three to five years. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, in days. Days. Yeah. It's a, yes, yeah. absolutely. That's, we are living in an epidemic. Yeah, yeah, I have a uh, a guy that I just befriended, um, and um, he was a former Marine, actually, um, and he was selling barbecue sauce, <clears throat> and he was full of life. You know, when I met him at the golf shop, he came in the golf shop, was full of life, and uh, he was doing barbecue sauce. He was downrange, um, working back and forth, and he was doing the bar- Carolina barbecue sauce with two gentlemen that stays in the neighborhood where... I work at at golf club and um, he killed himself three weeks ago. A million dollar business. Yeah. You working down range, you know, doing what you love to do. You know, life is great. Your daughter just graduated from ECU for, for a lawyer's degree. I mean, life is doing great. And, you know, you take your life. Yeah. You know, so it, I mean, they didn't have a color to it. No. You understand? It's, you know, and that's happening every day, you know. So coming together and doing things, man, and and and, and being able to give back to the community and, and, and help those guys, that's what's important. Yeah. It's being an inspiration, right? Yeah. And and been putting out stuff that people want to aspire towards. Yes. Uh, yeah. and that's and that's our responsibility. And uh, you know, I'm 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 proud to see, you know, your organization, you know, leading the way on that. Uh and, and being a for, a voice amongst all this noise of, of negative trash that are just trying to separate, uh, all, you know, this idea of being an American, right? And we can That's tell it. that story however we want to tell that. Um, 
So what does the future look like for you guys? Future is uh, complex. Um, you know, if I had to sum it up into a couple of sentences, the future is more distribution um, through retail. You know, growth through those channels is really important to us. Simply because we, in order to amplify and inspire, you have to hit the masses. And, and for us, that's that's something that we've identified that is important to us. So, you know, whatever means that we can get to and collaborate and partner with people that have the same mindset that we do, we're there. Um, more collaborations with nonprofit organizations that have great, great tie-ins to the community. Uh, you know, the creation of the All In Cash Foundation is one of them. We have some really cool things happening in 2024 with the National Veterans Memorial Museum. You guys have a uh, great relationship as well. General Federer and crew cannot wait for 2024. It's going to be just fantastic. Um, and, and, you know, just the expansion of, you know, the SKUs that we have. Um, you know, the, the coolest thing that I can envision for Triple Nickel at this point would be having a retail store. That, that would be phenomenal. You know, uh, I can't imagine what it was like in grunt style in the early days. You guys envisioning just having something like that. You know, that's what we are. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the same goals and dreams you guys had when you first started, that's kind of what we are. Yeah. It's pretty neat. It's an exciting road. You know, yeah. Ups yeah. and downs yeah. and, you know, risk and reward. It's, uh, it's, it's worth it though. Oh, 100%, right? Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I get to, I get to see... You know, I have I have this incredible luxury um, that you know I have an incredible team here at Grunstyle uh, that I get to work with on a day to day basis um, that makes you know this business hum right that that you know brings incredible uh, perspective, uh, incredible di diversity of thought, um, and in challenging conversations within the four walls of our business more so now than we've ever had in in uh, you know our fifteen years of being around. Yeah, and I'm I'm very encouraged by what we are producing today. The messaging, the 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 positiveness, and giving other affirmations of voice to to others that are saying, "Hey, you know, we want we want to use this platform, American Grit and Grunt Style, to to bring more people to this conversation and 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 lift our tent to be higher and bring more people into it and and carry that mantle of saying, "Hey, we can together, we can we can accomplish anything that we wanted, right?" Just like, just like the homesteading, you know, traveling westward uh, in the early days of the American, uh, you know, Republic, the you know, the idea of going from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast was a terrifying idea for for many that had to make that trek, right? Um, and that's where I think we are now. Is like, you know, there's some there's some scary stuff ahead of us, you know, from yeah. a brand, from a country, from you know, just a society, but into the brave new world we go. Right, and if we do it together, and we're and and we're shoulder to shoulder, uh, and we're providing opportunities for more people to join us on that on that journey, then I think we're winning, and we're creating new outcomes for people that we have not even imagined yet. Yeah. Much it's like the Pact Act, right? And you know what was capable there? The you know the Pact Act, you know, or a lot of people that are suffering from cancer today, you know, unfortunately, they're, they're you know, those are terminal diseases, and and the Pact Act is only going to be able to give them a peace of mind. You know, but when we talk about what the, the true power of the Pact Act is, that gives protection to those people that haven't even wars that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's where we should be thinking as this community is: how are we protecting 
the, the future generations of, us, of this country and providing an equitable outcome for them that they can be participatory in it as well as you know uh, contributing to the success of the future of our st- of our country and frankly that's you know we're any we all should be thinking that right that's yeah. our, that's a responsibility of ours you know uh, and and we're afforded that by the constitution of this of this great country correct so uh you know any any parting words or you know things you'd like to share with the community that we didn't talk about questions anything i, I just want to say I, I appreciate thank you for uh allowing us to platform uh you know uh bring me in as well you know thank you guys for bringing me down here and uh um the place is phenomenal i think you guys are doing a great job um and yeah you're doing a great job you're just a good example and i appreciate it personally i just want to say thank you you know awesome job very much and uh it's a it's incredible it's incredible stuff that uh, we get to do on a daily basis yeah you, you know when you see the you know, just walking around, you know, facility and, and seeing the ins- the inside of facility and uh, seeing what I don't know what's going on, but I can imagine by from us and you know on our, on our small scale, this is a much larger scale. So um, it's it's pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I remember I remember when there was only five of us at Grand Stuff. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like those there was those were the days when you're like, okay. Uh, you know, we got to make a million dollars this year. How are we going to do that? Right. And, you know, that, you know, for anybody that, that knows, or if you don't know that first million dollars is the hardest money you'll ever, you'll ever have to go after, uh, you know, everything after that is, you know, just repeatable and you're just scaling your business. Um, and, uh, you know, here we are, um, you know, 14, 15 years later after that, um, you know, and we've made a lot of bad mistakes. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Like that's business, you know? Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the things that we were, we've been able to achieve uh, in bringing, you know, a, a much different attention to the military community, I'm, I'm pretty proud about that. Yeah. And, you know, it gives us opportunities to have these conversations. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this, six, seven years ago, I don't think this conversation would have been able to be had in this community. I don't think so. No, absolutely not. I don't even think three years ago, you know, yeah. when we when we first started. It was too too hot of a of a of a topic yeah. you know and 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 for me i don't know if this is a good time to bring it up you know talk about norfolk um is it good yeah it is all right cool <laughs> so <laughs> and and i think it's it's a merit to 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 talk about that is you know moving forward you know a collaboration between triple nickel and grunt style um with with your new storefront in norfolk virginia you know we are looking forward to that because it's a it's it's one thing to come on a podcast and talk about it, mm-hmm. but it's another, you know, to to do a collaboration like that because, you. you know, for for those who don't know, you know, you have a lot of retail storefronts, and it's one thing to have coffee company or you know the crayon, uh, the edible crayons company, yeah. but you have another apparel company in there. That's you know, to me, I don't take that lightly. And if I was in your shoes, you know, that's a tough decision to make because that's real estate space. But that, that to me is a great testament and a great, a great show of respect. You know, again, that we don't take lightly, just like handling all in cash is legacy, handling the legacy of the triple nickels, you know, which we were given, we were given the permission to use from 
the OGs themselves. Right. You know, we went to the Triple Nickel Association that, hey guys, we have this much respect for you. So from the origins of our company to where we are today, you know, everything just boils down to respect. So, you know, to us, it's a big opportunity to, uh, to, to partake in that, in that, uh, storefront with you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Very yeah. a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm super excited to you know, see how, uh, how the community receives it. Right. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about some different things yeah. and, you know, bringing, you know, bringing some different ideas forward that, um, you know, not necessarily has been done with Grunstyle before. And that's a very exciting opportunity for us all. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a head over heels about it. Uh, and I think this is going to be a, a great collaboration between brands. And again, um, you know, just a, a, another way of celebrating our lifestyle and who we are as people and who is, who we are as, and, and the beliefs that we share. Um, where can people find you? Everywhere. Triple underscore nickel, N-I-K-E-L. Again, triple underscore nickel, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Check us out. Only thing I ask is you just give us a follow. I'm not asking you to buy anything. Just follow, see what we're doing. And if you like what we're doing, purchase something. Rock it. Hashtag we are triple nickel. We'll always post you. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that are the co-founders of Triple Nickel, a fantastic veteran-owned operated brand uh, located here in San Antonio. Yes, sir. Lovely, lovely San Antonio. Uh, so I want to say thank you for uh, sharing the time with us today and, and sharing a little bit about your backstories and who you are and the things that you believe and and find uh, valuable in your lives. You know, I think um, you know it, it's a great insight uh, of the business and the and the and the people that are running it. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, implore you to go check out Triple Nickel uh, when you have a chance. Give a like and a follow on their social medias. And until next time, be kind to another one to one another and just be a good fucking human. See you soon. <laughs>